Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Now, yesterday we were talking to Saoirse Brady from the Irish Prisons Reform Trust, and it was on the back of figures coming out of Cork Prison where last Friday, 29th September, 10 people were sleeping on mattresses on the floors of their cells because the prison was overcrowded. And she revealed to me that the numbers seemed to have gone up over the weekend, so there was every prospect that on Monday or Tuesday night, even more people slept on a mattress on the floor of a cell at Cork Prison. The Irish Penal Reforms Trust wants that to end. The Irish Penal Reforms Trust does not believe anybody should ever have to sleep on a floor of a cell on a mattress in prison. Now, I put it to her, and Saoirse and I had quite a long conversation yesterday. Prison is supposed to be hard. And the victims of crime wouldn't really care about the person sleeping on the floor of the cell. Just here's a clip of what Saoirse had to say about that. I know you said, you know, about people going to prison, it isn't meant to be easy. Of course not. But at the same time, when people go to prison, prison is the punishment. The, you know, the deprivation of their liberty is the punishment. Um, and, you know, it, the conditions that people live in, nobody should be living in uh, inhuman and degrading uh, conditions like we're hearing about. Now, Dan was listening to Saoirse talking to me, and then he called the opinion line. We had a very aggravated burglary in our house three years ago this month, and the perpetrator has ended up in, in prison. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't give a damn what he is sleeping on, if he's sleeping at all, because I know for a fact that my wife isn't sleeping and hasn't been for three years. My grandkids, who happened to be in the house that night when the burglary took place, they will never again stay in our house. That's where it started yesterday, with Saoirse and Dan responding. Dee, you were listening. Morning. Morning, PJ. How are you? Good. Whose side are you on here? <laughs> the homeless people. Okay. Talk to me. I'm sorry. They have, they always, always, poor them, they have a mattress to sleep on. What have the homeless people to sleep on? They haven't got a roof over their head. They've got a roof over their head. They've got heating. They've got food. They should be more than grateful. Yeah. The poor people out in the street have nothing. Who's, who's looking out for them? Yeah. Well, the Irish Penal Reforms Trust would say that oh. nobody should have to sleep on the floor of a cell. Oh, my heart bleeds for them. They're warm. They're dry. At least they have a mattress. 
Unfortunately, one time I was made homeless with my two-year-old son. Mm-hmm. But someone took pity on me and I was I was sleeping on the floor in one of their bedrooms mm-hmm. on, on cushions off a chair. So I know what it's like. But at least I had a roof over my head and I was warm. I didn't care where I slept. Done the crime. Do you know what I mean? Do the crime, do the time, even if it is on the floor of a cell. Exactly. They're warm, they're dry, and they're getting fed. What more do you need? Yeah. Prison is overcrowded. So how would you solve that problem? (laughs) I have two what they used to do in the olden days, deport them. (laughs) No, sorry. That's not mm. funny. No, 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 it's oh. not. But uh, look, you're you're talking to me about real life experience here. Like, what happened to you? Yeah. I I moved to um, England to be with my son's father, mm-hmm. and it didn't work out. And I came back, and I had nowhere to live. How long ago was this? Oh, he was still got a long, 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 long time ago. He's a big grown up man now. <laughs> yeah, right. And one of the families said, uh, "She." It was actually my old bedroom. I used to live with them. You could stay there until you get somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I was on the phone every night. And back then, you'd just say, oh, you had a child. Oh, sorry, no children, no children. Oh, I was on the paper every night, go through all the flats. No, yeah. sorry, no children. No children. So after a few weeks, they said to me, you're not trying hard enough. And if you don't have anywhere by Thursday, we want you out. Right. So I didn't like, I was in despair. I didn't know what to do. Grab the child's hand and start to walk up the road bumped into someone and they said, look, we have no room but you can sleep on the, the bedroom floor. If that's in my daughter's bedroom floor. If that's good enough. I said, anything? I sleep on the ground without anything. You're going around with your so, bag and baggage hanging to you like nothing. Yeah. So, and yeah, I had nothing on. That was on a Monday and by Thursday. What was I supposed to do? I know. How old was was your kid? Chris was only two then. Two. Two. I was like, <laughs> been out in the street. Where was I going to go? Like, what time of the year was it? Not that it really matters, but no, it was actually during the summer. But that's not the point. Yeah, of course not. Of course, you not. know. So, I mean, the minute you walked your mouth back then, said you were the child, they wouldn't give you a place. That was weird, wasn't it? Yeah. What were you supposed yeah. to do? I actually, before I moved away, before I was pregnant, I got a flat. <laughs> the guy they showed it to me was kind of the guy that clicked to the rent, he wasn't the owner. And he said to me, uh, what about this? Like, you're going to be here long because we don't allow children. And I went, oh, no, no, it's only for a few weeks, I hope. <laughs> we don't allow children. Like, where are children and supposed end- to live? Like, I ended up there, and he was two, and then moved back, or moved to Scotland first, and then London. Right. And when I moved back, I, one night I said, you know what, I'll go and chance it and ask the landlord. So I went down to him, and he said, look, I have nothing at the moment, but... If I have something, I'll give a shout. So, right. luckily, he trusted me and he gave me a flat in the end. So, it's not that there wasn't accommodation. There was accommodation, but no one oh, would take you because you had a child. No, because I had a child, yeah. Do you mind me asking, Dee, how long ago this is? Um, He's 36 now, <laughs> ah, Right, so we're talking the 80s here. <laughs> yeah. Um, a more judgmental Ireland, admittedly. And I, oh, okay, totally. I imagine, and I'm going to... I imagine if you had a husband or partner which there wouldn't have been a question. Oh no, there wouldn't have been no problem. So it was a woman with a child was the problem, not the child. A woman with a child, no sign of the father. Oh, totally, yeah, totally. I, I guess if it was a guy with a child, they probably would have got it. Yeah. 
That was the kind of Ireland <laughs> we were living in back then. A lot of people don't remember that, oh, but that was okay. the kind of child we were oh, living God, in. Back it was a hard time for me. <laughs> yeah, there were, well, you know, man, you, you, you managed to hold on to your boy. You didn't end up, you at did? least I hope, you didn't end up down in down in flipping Besborough or someplace like that. No, 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 God, yeah, no. Good, we eventually good. got this glass and then we got a, a nicer one with a garden and good. eventually I got a council house. <laughs> good for you, good for you. But that memory, is, oh, is that what. Is that what kind of shapes your feelings when you hear Saoirse say she's yeah. all caught up about the, and the prison reform shows? And not, not, not personal, but she's the gaffer at the Irish Prison Reform Shows. They're all caught up because ten fellas, ten criminals are sleeping on mattresses on the floor. Aren't they lucky? Yeah. How many people in Cork are out this weather today and tonight? Yeah, that's true. And the other counties in Ireland, not just Cork. Yeah. Does, anyone, does anybody take care of them? No. I'm actually sitting here and tears of porn down my face. Well, well, I'm sorry if I caused that, but... Um, no, no, you didn't seriously cause it. I was actually crying yesterday, but I couldn't bring in because I was so upset. Okay. Okay. You all right? Oh, yeah, that would be fine. Is it, is it, <laughs> is it the memory? Is it the memory is upsetting you? Because it was the way my family treated me. Sorry, D, what did you say? Sorry, there was no way that my family treated me. Just family did it to me. I know. That's the hurtful thing. I'd, I'd, it's it's heartbreaking. Like it's heartbreaking, actually, the way you told the story. It was family gave you the bed when yeah. you came back. And yeah. it was family it was who threw you out. I used to live there. It was my, my bedroom, like. Your and when I, when I when they threw me out and it was empty, nobody was going into it. That's what killed me. Oh, my God. I, I wasn't... Was this because you had a little boy? I think so. God. Did you ever talk to your family about it afterwards? Did you ever make up with them? Would you believe? Not till last year. No. Not till when? About two years ago, I finally sat down with them. Okay. And it was kind of, well, I don't remember that. And no, I don't. I wasn't any part of that. Mm -hmm. That's all I got. <laughs> so I tried so I'd just cut myself off now because there's no point to put my myself through that God I'm sorry I'm making this about me now it wasn't, no hold it's on no, it's me. fine no no listen you, you have a story to tell and I I was hard times but I fought back and I I dragged myself back up <laughs> you did and well and done I, I did and I got a job when I came back to Douglas and eventually I got to my own business yeah, you see. I didn't do too badly. <laughs> <laughs> you did not. You did not. And and your your son, are you close now? He's when you say you're going Oh in? my god. He's he's my, my life. <laughs> I'd be off without him. Does he get his he's own pretty, family? He's a, no, no, they're not having any children. <laughs> they like their life. <laughs> but the two of them have fantastic jobs. It's a beautiful house, beautiful cards. You know what I mean? They go on holidays when they want. Yeah. And I'm so happy for them. I haven't been worrying in the world about him. Isn't that great to say? Isn't that fantastic to say? Isn't it? <laughs> well, I must have done a good job. <laughs> you, you've done an incredible job after what happened to you. And to remind listeners again of what happened to you, you had, you you went to England to try to find the father of your child. That didn't... No, we went to live with him. We, we went, went to live with him, him okay. Scotland. That didn't yeah, work out. No, it did when we were, but he had to get a job in London, so we went there. Oh, I got you, okay. And we moved there, okay. and 
than uh, things went pear shaped. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. It went. It didn't. It didn't work out in the end, and you no. came back home to your came own bedroom. No, I came back and spent the first night in a B and B. Right. And I had the last of my money. <laughs> I see. And what to do then? You went to your home and said, "I'm back." I went went to my sister. She said, "Oh, look, you can come and stay with us, and you'll find a place." Yeah. And then threw me out. <laughs> Oh, I know you can laugh about it now, but I'm sure you cried, as as my mother-in-law used to say, you cried salty tears many a night. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I'm, I've done what my crying over them. I seriously have. I've had counselling and everything else. And Well, you know what? And I'm going to say this now, and I don't, I, you might agree or disagree with me. Anyone who do that to you isn't worth crying over. No, not anymore. No. Yeah. I've said my piece to them now, and I said, nope. Ball's in your court now. It's up to you what you want to do. Mm, but we don't remember. No. I mean, I'm home from surgery in April, as you know. Yeah. And not one, not either of them came near me. Oh, God. One just popped in. No, she didn't. I bumped into her in the supermarket. I see. I see. I see. It's that way. It's that way. It's that way. Uh -huh. And then I'd be in the wrong, like, if I uh, if I said anything. Right. <laughs> so I just gave up. You know what? You're, you're, you're happy and full of life and full of vim and vigour now, uh, Dee, and it's great to hear, but thank you. But come back to where we started this. We've gone down I so know, many different I angles. Know, I know. You Sorry. don't give a tuppenny course about a fellow sleeping on a mattress in a prison in no. no. He's warm, he's dry, and he's getting fed. All right. Thanks ever so much, D. 0818 96 96 96. If you want to get in on this one, um, 10 people, and probably more last night or the night before, slept on mattresses at Cork Prison. They're all convicted criminals. They've all done something. They're all sleeping, 10 of them sleeping on mattresses on the floor at Cork Prison. The Irish Penal Reforms Trust doesn't believe anybody should ever have to sleep on a mattress on a prison floor. Dan, who was a victim of crime, who rang me yesterday and said he doesn't care whether they're sleeping at all, because of what happened to his family. And there's Dee. Her own particular experience, she couldn't care less because they're warm and they're dry and they're fed. I'd love your thoughts, please. 0818 96 96 96. Just wondering if the person from the Penal Reform Trust has ever had their house broken into. That was in from Terry. I didn't ask her that, but I don't know. Is the answer. I've no sympathy for prisoners sleeping on the floor. I mean, you do the crime, you do the time. Did they care about the people when they were committing the crimes? I feel free to read this text out. That's from Aaron. Ten people slept on mattresses in the prison. How many slept on trolleys in the hospital? People who haven't committed any crime. That's from Terry. And Mick says if they were up in Port Leash, the conditions would be a lot worse. They should be thankful for a sleeping bag or a mattress. Um, few people talking about Dee's story as well and how it resonates with them. Memories of that time, a very tough time back in Ireland to have to be a single mom with a small child. The 80s was a, a cruel and nasty time. I'd also love to hear from anyone who's been through prison and the process and what it's like to be there. Whether you spent three months or three years, um, we're not interested in what you were there for, just what it was like to be there and to the, the daytime, the routine. Is it comfortable? Is it uncomfortable? What are you looked after? How are you looked after? WhatsApp me at 83 96 96. John, 10 people sleeping on the floor. Have you an ounce of sympathy? Morning. 
Um, Sally, I think like most people listening out there, we've enough problems trying to get by ourselves, like in the way the country is at the moment, and hospital waiting lists and whatever, and scandals. Um, I think there'd be very little sympathy from your rather large audience out there, PJ. Um, I was actually, when the new prison opened, I was saying to myself, how long will it take now, I wonder, now, before this thing is busting at the seams, and we'll be back to square one with mattresses on the floor, and here we are. No, what I can't understand, as far as I know, the wrecking ball hasn't been brought in and demolished the old prison. So why can't the old prison take the spillover? Mm. Why is that not happening? It's not like staffed, I assume, John. Sorry? It's not staffed. Well, I mean, look, I mean, if you have to maybe get dilute some of the staff or something in the new prison or, or make a new roster or whatever, or if you have to go looking for, for new applicants for the job, so be it, but it's rather ridiculous. I mean, to have a state-of-the-art prison that we were told is the answer to everything. And now uh, it's busting at the seams, and you have the old prison just standing by, completely locked up, and why are people sleeping on mattresses on the floors? Now, the person from the, the RSP in the first, um, I would definitely sympathise with Dan, because, like, I mean, trauma has been visited on that family, PJ. The grandchildren feel that their security is broken there in that home. Their grandparents were where they look forward to going. So, I mean, they have to live with that. I mean, these people can, can eventually come out of prison and get on with their lives. And unfortunately, some of them go back into crime again. Mm. And they don't worry about the likes of Dan and his family. Well, Saoirse's argument that she was making, John, was that you have to, if you treat people properly in prison, they're less likely to come out and reoffend. And she said there's research there to stack that up. And there are people who would argue that. Treat people properly in prison and they're less likely to, to reoffend when they come out. Well, there's, there's, there's a lot to be said for that. I mean, I don't believe, like, so the hanging flag and brigade, like, I mean, when you're going, you should get the cat and nine tails and bring all this stuff back. That's only going to brutalize people and you're going to come out harder, ten times harder than when you went in. Yeah. What, what should be done, and look, you covered the courts, PJ, for many years, and I even heard you referring to it just today. You've seen some of the same characters coming up again and again and again and again, and sometimes from the same family. You, I, I know Casey and Cork, and there's a good three of them. No names, John, please. No, 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 no names. But, like, I mean, that the, the son, like, asked the judge, could he go to another jurisdiction because his father was in Cork prison? Like, the thing is, how did they get to the state like where the father was involved in criminality and no one picked up and the son was coming up behind him and probably getting involved in misdemeanors, small stuff like petty stuff maybe. And no one said, hang on a second here, look, this guy could go down the same road as the father, like, so let's step in here. There was a chronic shortage, PJ, of social workers out there. There's a chronic shortage of people involved in rehabilitation because you're quite right. Look, if their efforts made, look, I mean, they're talking some, somebody around. Otherwise, they're like, so the Martin Cahill's the Kinnahan's, like, I mean, the monk. All these guys are going to keep coming. Yeah. If you don't address, uh, at the very start, like, I mean, the core of the problem, like, I mean, where you see families are in trouble and their social workers go in there and they say get help, whether there's addiction problems, domestic violence problems, gambling problems, whatever. If you don't get in and try and help that family, look, the prisons are going to keep getting full and people are still going to be sleeping on floors. Fair point. John, thank you. Excellent point. Well made. 0818969696. On sentencing, and we mentioned this yesterday, the length of sentencing and the bizarre nature of sentencing. And as I said, I did those years in the courts and I watched sentences and I watched judges handing down sentences. And I also watched barristers 
wringing their hands about how terrible a person's background had been. And now we know of Ace's theory where we have to take that background into account. Do you know, no 15, 16, 17-year-old walks in and assaults somebody in a shop or whatever just because they want to. It, it's come from something in their background. We get that. We get that. But at the same time, the, the, the victim of crime is who we always consider. But there was a case... And you see, this is how it looks on the paper. And I'm not blaming the echo here. But here's a story of a fella who got jailed for six months at Cork District Court after stealing Lego out of Smith's toys. It happened on the 10th of September, so only a couple of weeks ago. Quick justice here. His name, not that it matters. His name was John McDonough with an address in Balbriggan in Dublin. But he was on a visit to Cork to see a friend and they went out drinking together and then he went to Smith's Toys Kinsale Road and whipped 1,240 euros worth of Lego for big sets. So he came before Cork District Court, he pleaded guilty and Judge Olin Kelleher jailed him for six months. And he'd wonder, six months for stealing Lego? Yeah, because he had 176 previous convictions including burglary making off without paying for service and 17 different counts of theft. So he wasn't exactly a newbie. He was something of a frequent flyer in the courts. 0818969696. On prison and prisoners, I said, if anyone's been through the prison system, I would like to talk to me about it and what it's like. Bernie says, I personally don't want to hear from any prisoners. I want to hear from the people and the families they destroyed. There's many a person who'll never again sleep because of burglars breaking into their home. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Story there about the guy who got six months for stealing Lego out of Smith's toys 
He pleaded guilty at Cork District Court to stealing four huge Lego sets with a total value of over 1,200 quid. Um, and Judge Olin Kelleher at the District Court jailed him for six months. He had 176 previous convictions. This was according to Sergeant John Kelleher, who was presenting the case at the court. But John said he had served time for his previous convictions, so they shouldn't be brought up. Well, I don't know what time he had served or hadn't served, John, but part of anybody's sentence hearing or part of anybody's sentence processing is the court being told of their previous convictions because the reason for it, John, is it informs the judge, and particularly in the district court, well, any court really, but when the judge is deciding what to do with this man who's stolen 1,200 quid's worth of Lego from Smith's Toys, what use is his 176 previous convictions? It informs the judge as to what needs to be done for him. And if he hadn't 176 previous convictions, then Judge Kelleher might just have told him to go about his business and behave himself and maybe find him or something. But when he heard about the 176 previous, including counts for burglary and theft, he put him away for six months. That's kind of how it works. But your point is is welcome, John. Thank you. Uh, Prisons are apparently full. And yet we have a fully qualified, very highly educated secondary school teacher in prison for standing up for his religious beliefs. I believe you're referring to Mr. Burke. A certain Mr. Burke, of which the less said, the better. And I will say that his religious beliefs ceased to be part of this problem a long time ago. He's not in jail because he stood up for his religious beliefs at all, but... He does have support, does Enoch Burke? He does, to be fair. 0818 96 96 96. Now, Connor has been listening to this discussion on uh, prisoners. If you're just falling in uh, after missing the first hour, that's okay. It's a bad morning. We'll excuse you. But I just returned to how we set this up. Yesterday, I was talking to Saoirse Brady from the Irish Prisons Reform Trust about the fact that there were 10 people sleeping on mattresses in Cork Prison, sleeping on the floor of cells on mattresses because the prison is overcrowded. And I said to her, well, look, you know, prison is supposed to be hard, isn't it? And here's what she said. I know you said, you know, about people going to prison, it isn't meant to be easy. Of course not. But at the same time, when people go to prison, prison is the punishment. The you know, this deprivation of their liberty is the punishment, um, and you know, it, the conditions that people live in. Nobody should be living in uh, inhuman and degrading uh, conditions like we're hearing about. We then had an immediate response to Sirius's point of view came from Dan. We had a very aggravated burglary in our house three years ago this month. And the perpetrator has ended up in, in prison. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't give a damn what he is sleeping on, if he's sleeping at all, because I know for a fact that my wife isn't sleeping and hasn't been for three years. My grandkids, who happened to be in the house that night when the burglary took place, they will never again stay in our house. So, Connor. That's what drove this conversation this morning. Not a lot of sympathy for prisoners. What would you like to say? Good morning. Hi, good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. Um, I suppose, from my point of view, I was just picking up 
midway through what you were saying there a while ago, and there was um, there was a quote from a TV show came to mind that uh, I saw some of your listeners will know. It's a society goes great when grown men plant trees the shade of which they never sit in. So what that came to me was, as a society, I think that we're very, and I suppose, look, I should say, obviously, I don't have, I don't have experience where I've been affected by someone that really saw the burglary or anything like that. And I also don't have uh, people who have been in prison and things like that. Okay. So I do sympathize with victims. Of course I do. But do I, I agree with a previous caller that was saying that we do need to help people. We don't know people's circumstances. We don't know the, the individuals who are sleeping on the mattresses and we don't know what they have gone through in their lives. And we need to, you know, forgiveness is a very hard thing and I appreciate that. And again, to reiterate, I wasn't someone who has been affected, so it's mm-hmm. probably easy for me to say. You, you've not been affected by a serious crime or anyone close to you, I, no? I haven't, to be no. honest, and I suppose it's... And you've not done time either, no? No, no, I haven't, no, okay. but I suppose, and again, it it might be very easy for me to say, but I, I suppose the general theme that I've been hearing coming through your show is very much, we don't really care, you know, I don't care what, what happens inside prisons because they deserve it to a certain extent. And I just think that's a very, it's a very sad way to kind of look at a society that we were, were so quick. And, and like I say, if, you know, if people have perpetrators of, of things against them and they know that that individual person is feeling a certain way and that gives them comfort then you know that might be fair enough but again we don't know the people uh, who are sleeping on the floor and we don't know what they've been through in their lives and we don't know the circumstances that have led to them to do what they have done you know um mm. i suppose for me it was just it's not trying to give a, a different perspective for the sake of a different perspective but no. it's more that you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm too too on the fence. I don't know. Um, no, I, I, um, I see where you're coming from because, oh, and I was struggling with this a little bit yesterday because over the years I've spoken to people who've been in prison. I visited prison for projects that were going on there and spoken to experts, people who far far more about this than I do. And, yeah, people end up in prison a lot of the time because of the situation in which they grew up. That's a fact. Yeah. That is a fact. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, who, what are prisons for? Like, the, the, they are, nobody wants to be in prison. And nobody would like to, nobody wakes up in the morning and say, oh, geez, I'd love to experience that. You know, it's, the, the system has to be there to be able to allow, to get, not allow, I suppose, to be able to put people in a place that they can come out in a better place in their lives so that they can contribute to society. No, we've all we've all seen shows on TV and crime is, is a, such a massive subject now that, you know, you, there's this tendency to believe that people, they may be past the point of rehabilitation or they, they can't get better. And there, there's different places for them, of course, you know. But, you know, it has to be a place where you can show people like teach people skills like i've worked in hospitality for years and i know how accessible that is as a skill and your last yeah. caller uh, you were mentioning yourselves about people you speaking to people that they've they've learned culinary skills and they've learned that's catering right. and that's, that's right. being able to help them come out the other side you know so whereas i mean look i will say if somebody has to sleep on a mattress one night in a prison is it really the end of the world probably not but like i don't think that's also fair to say that oh she'll leave them off like where does it end then? 
Mm. Do you know, where does it end for people in prison that when it gets more of, if, if we have this mentality that it should be hard and it's grand, you know, at what point then do we say, oh yeah, maybe that's too hard. Right. No, maybe so, should, maybe, maybe. Sirius's view was that the deprivation, the loss of your liberty is the punishment. 100%. 100%, 100%. And, like, you've already... And, of course, like, we should say that people obviously deserve to be there. The justice system is there, and it's not just anybody in there. And they've they've made, they've made done things wrong, and they've committed crimes to justify them being in there. But it's a case of, you, you, what do we want? You know, do we want to put someone in six months, have them, you know, no rights, you know, no, you know, being fed, you know under power food and sleeping on the floor what are they going to feel when they come out you know what well, it's going to be straight back to so that so that was like i i have no i have no sense of of purpose i have no sense of of anything if in fact it's probably less than when i went in you know yeah. um yeah. Yeah. seriously was making that point that the re, the research yeah. is there that if you treat people yeah. well in prison that they will come out and the left cha- less chance of going in again, and and that research is there. Connor, thank you. Uh, the other perspective, uh, you know, we don't know anybody's story who ends up there. Appreciate the call, Connor. Thank you. We don't, we don't know anybody's story who ends up in in a prison cell for for any particular length of time. Like even the guy who broke into Dan's house, frightened the living life out of himself and his wife. We don't know his story either because he has a story. A story, not an excuse. There's the difference. The story is not an excuse. Frank, you wanted to get in on this one. Morning. Morning, Peter. How are you? Good. What do you want to say, sir? Well, a story is an excuse when you get to court, really, isn't it? Because it's just everything, every case that you think the story was put down as what the excuse for doing it was. Yeah. yeah you I, know? I, I, yeah. But, but I mean, at the end of the day, there is no prisoner in Ireland sleeping on the floor. Let's get that myth out of the way straight away. A bed frame doesn't constitute a bed. A mattress is a bed. Right. Well, they have mattresses on the floor. Exactly. But I mean, PJ, you don't need... I mean, yeah, somebody mentioned a trolley. A trolley is is 100% less comfortable than a mattress. Yeah. Because there's barely a mattress on it. Now, first of all, I hope their memory phone mass- and mattresses so they can remember the hurt that they've caused in every single crime. Mm. Now, I'd love to see, like, that lady that was on with yesterday out in the penal trust. Her statistics about treating them better and they won't reoffend. Now, I think the percentage in Ireland is about, I know it's not statistics that I know of for a fact, but I think about 60, 70% of prisoners are re-offenders. Mm-hmm. We've quite a no, high number. I don't know what it is. It is a high in. number. And I mean, so that means they're not all sleeping on mattresses. They're not. A, they have the, somebody said they're horrible fools. Their menu has to be changed every mm-hmm. 28 days. It can't be repeated. They're treated bloody good in Irish prisons. And mm-hmm. they're still, and they're still re-offending. All mm-hmm. the time. I mean, you're, I mean, you go up to, you, when I say you go up, you spend half your life up there. And it's repeat, 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 up to the hundreds and still getting free legal aid. Like. The courts, yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. I, as I said this, I'll just get out, I missed it yesterday. I did, I did 12 to 14 years and court was, was part of my job and I would attend the, the, civil se- the criminal sessions locally 
for weeks at a time. And yes, you'd get the list sent to you of what's coming up. And that, oh, <laughs> there's a frequent flyer. There's a frequent, you, not you, him you, again. You know. but, yeah, but they know they know him by name at this stage. You do, yeah, say, yeah, yeah. You know, but I mean, I mean, PJ, this penal reform trust will say no that lady that was on an NGO, fully funded probably by the government to the nth degree, and then you had who I think is one of Cork's finest ladies, Sally O'Hanlon, yeah, absolutely, Sally O'Hanlon, and she probably on her knees at City Hall begging to get a new chair or table or something like. Yeah, there's that. You know, too. I mean, if there was a zombie apocalypse tomorrow, there'd be an NGO for zombie rights. <laughs> you know? There Actually, w- Frank, I- now that you say, yesterday, yesterday was supposed to be the zombie apocalypse. Somebody was supposed to press a button. I think it was Bill Gates. Well, somebody was supposed to press a button yesterday ah, to yeah, turn us all into zombies. Did you not read that in the paper? Ah, ah, ah yeah, but I mean... Bill Gates, their, their time difference, no, it hasn't come here yet, you see. <laughs> but, PJ, I was just thinking there, that chap who, who was done yesterday, no, for the Lego. So he can build his own bed. <laughs> Go on, you messer. Frank, thank you. 0818 I'm with I'm with Dan on this. I'm with Dan. I'm with the victims. I'm always thinking of the victims and what they were put through. You will go into court and you'll hear the case being made in mitigation to the judge as to what the convicted person went through in their life. And it's used by barristers to mitigate with a judge and say, look, judge, my client has had a terrible problem with addiction. His family broke up. He was homeless. This, this, this and this. And all these things are taken into account when the judge is passing sentence. Does it mean that he needs to sleep on a mattress on a cell floor and that that's what he deserves? Certainly has us engaged this one. Uh, Mattresses on the floor of a cell. That's the bed for some prisoner last night. Last Friday it was 10. Possibility is it happened last night at Cork Prison that uh, some prisoners had to sleep on a mattress on the floor of a cell. The Irish Penal Reform Trust believes it should never happen, that it's cruel and inhuman and all of these things, whereas the victims of crime really don't care either way. In fact, the harder, the better for them, for the, for the life of the prisoner. Michael, morning. PJ, good morning. Yeah, you certainly have stirred up an interesting conversation and discussion here on this matter, which I think is very welcome and... and uh, is something that we actually need because I, I do believe, as we have discussed in the past, that the more discussion we have on this, the more the situation is highlighted. But let us let us go back to the beginning here and start and say, look, anybody who is in prison, they are there because of their own actions. Yeah, that's the first thing. So they they have made a decision to break the law for whatever reason. So that is the first thing. They are there because of their own actions. No. In relation, there's a lot of emphasis on, on, on uh, sleeping on a mattress. Well, at least they have a mattress. Let's, let's look at this objectively. There are many people sleeping on mattresses in houses around the country for various reasons. Uh, people who cannot find proper accommodation, people cannot, uh, whatever. So they're, they're happy to, to have a mattress. So mm-hmm. as, as one of your earlier callers said, these people have a, have a mattress and they have uh, three meals a day provided and fairly substantial meals also. Now, 
this lady, Saoirse Brady, has made some comments from the Irish Penal Reform, uh, you know, about inhumane and degrading. But what about the, the 90-year-old lady up in St. Luke's, a 93-year-old lady, walking down to the post office to, to collect her pension when these two guys punched her and beat her and kicked her to the ground and stole her purse. Would that not be considered inhumane and degrading for that poor lady? Mm-hmm. And we've heard very little about her since. We don't know if that lady has ever recovered from the trauma of that mm-hmm. barbaric well, behaviour. Dan's, Dan's so, wife so clearly back, hasn't. We are back again to uh, it is the behaviour of these individuals. And, and let's go back to basics. We, we heard the politicians talk a lot recently of democracy and the rule of law. Now, we all know that for democracy to succeed, the rule of law must be respected. Mm-hmm. Now, let us look at what has been happening at this country in the past number of years. There is no respect or respect for or fear of the law. We have young people behaving in outrageous manner stealing cars, driving them around, knocking people down. We have people breaking into houses. They no longer fear the law. Mm-hmm. They no longer respect the law. Now, what follows after that? What follows after that, PJ, is something like what we saw, and we all agree, we do not agree with this behavior, but what we saw outside the door recently was the brink of anarchy. Mm. And if there is a breakdown in democracy, if there is a breakdown in the rule of law, we are going to face anarchy. And where is it going to go? You know, sooner or later, housing estates, individual groups will be forced to come together to protect themselves and their property. Because more and more properties have been broken into. Mm. And sooner or later, people will have to do what they did hundreds of years ago, before our democracy was formed, come together to protect themselves from these people. And what is happening now, one of the reasons these people do not fear or respect the law is because they know once they're caught, Mm. they can then turn to the law to protect them. We give them the free legal aid. We ensure they're provided with all sorts of facilities, not only facilities in in the prisons, we facilitate them with education. Now, a former member of Angara Shikana told me recently that there is a very, I wish we use the term, well-known criminal who was in prison at one stage and was attending university and refused to leave the prison until he finished his his, uh, his course in the university and that particular person was learning Russian and Arabic which apparently he has put to good use since he left the prison so what we are doing we are educating criminals so they can become more competent and more efficient or maybe Michael to be fair maybe we educate them like the young people that I met last week or last year during the restaurant program up there maybe we're educating them for the job opportunity or the career opportunity they never had well, you see, there again, PJ, somebody along the line will have to make some decisions on the different types of prisoner and the different types of offender. Mm-hmm. Offender as against the type of criminal, hardened criminals. We have hardened criminals, uh, sex offenders and those people, that's one. But then you have the, the, the minor offenders, and like, like one of your callers said, we need more 
uh, people to deal with the younger offenders when they before they become hardened criminals. Indeed. What would you but do in terms of the mattresses on the floor? I know that you have some fairly strident views on where prisoners should be put. Michael. Well, well, I, 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 I genuinely believe, you know, when I'm talking about the hardened criminals now, these guys who are basically, and whether we like it or not, who are running our prisons. There are the hardcore in there who are running our prisons. Now, for me, those people should not be in the normal prison system. We should establish separate prisons for those people on isolated islands off the west coast of our country. Those hardened criminals, and I, we won't mention names, so we all read about them, the way they behave in the prison. They take over wings of the prisons, and the prison guards have to pander to them. Those people should not be kept in the regular prison system because they are infecting, if I use the term, the normal prisoners, the people who would be in there for, for minor offences. But we, sh- we should isolate them. And they should not be allowed to dictate what they wear, when they wear. They should not be allowed to dictate. They should not be allowed to send out for specific foods. We have a commissary up there, apparently, in the prison where they can order whatever they want. I mean, what is this? It's like a four-star hotel. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, we, we need to, instead of uh, following the guidance of, of people like... Uh, in the Irish prison reform system, we need to go back to basics and we'll put prison into... Now, again, again, I am differentiating the hardened criminal from the the other... Yeah, more if you petty know, criminals, one, shall we a, say. A serious offender. Yeah. You're saying we, career criminals. Or serious offenders. They need to be locked up in a place where, like the maximum security prisons they have in the United States, lock them up. No, pri- no prison visits. No families being... being taken by taxi at taxpayers expense because we you and i we are all paying for this and like who who has decided on the softly softly approach with prisoners who decided that we mm-hmm. are the we are the people paying the bill the taxpayers nobody asked us if we should treat prisoners with criminals with kid gloves why should they be allowed ty- murderers why should they be allowed uh, all these sorts of appeals. Give them one or two appeals, but now when they've finished all the appeals in Ireland, they go to Europe and we pay for it. Yeah. I wasn't. I, mean, I wouldn't go into too much detail okay, now. They're not but, going to say but, where uh, this again, is. But I think no, the no. problem is there are a small group of people making decisions mm. without reference to the taxpayer and without working in the interest of the taxpayer because that comes down to the bottom line. Yeah. Who is working in the interest of the normal person? Who's, and look, we now from your talks on your show now, I am one of them. I will not walk the streets of Cork. I sent this to Michal Martin. I will not walk the streets of Cork after dark. There are elderly people who will not walk the streets during the day. There are elderly people who will not go out of their home because they're terrified. And what are the politicians doing? They are the people who pass the laws. So who makes the decisions? Who is pulling the strings to protect protect the law-abiding citizens from what's going on? Ain't that the truth? Michael, thank you. No, I was about to say there's a there's a case that I know of, and I can't say a whole lot about it, of an individual who gets a delivery of cream cakes every day. Or at least was up to a number of years ago. See? Right, Councillor Poddy Deneen has contacted the show. Poddy, you're glad we brought this subject up. Good morning. I am... PJ, I am indeed, and uh, thank you for having me on. And I, I think Peter is right that there, there needs to be a, a discussion on the subject without doubt. I mean, a serious discussion at um, at government level about about the justice system that that we're living with at the moment. Yeah, like you have the Penal Reform Trust say that nobody should have to sleep on a mattress on the floor of a cell. They also say, by the way, that. 
prison should be a last resort. And if prison was a last resort, you wouldn't have a situation where people are sleeping on a mattress on the floor of a cell. Yes, well, a lot of people will say a lot of things, PJ, but but unfortunately what we have here is we have a justice system that does not um, give, does does not not hand on justice enough that will satisfy the victims of of the crimes that are being committed. And this is where I think our issue starts initially in the courts where, where you have perpetrators going into court and they're walking out the door giving the finger to the justice system, giving the finger to the Gardaí, giving the finger to us, the taxpayer, who pay for everything. Mm-hmm. And I think oh, that's where we need to be looking at to, at the end of the day. Yeah. Suspended sentences and the little smirk on the way out. I've seen it. <clears throat> exactly. Exactly. And uh, no retribution, no compensation for the victim whatsoever. And I know people are saying there about people on mattresses in the prisons. However, there are many victims of crime who are on trolleys in the CUH and many hospitals around the country, and there's not a word about that. Yeah. And we have to look at that. We have to take it in perspective. And um, it's, 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 it's just the way it is. And as, as Peter said, they've put themselves into that position, and they've got themselves into, that, in, into, into prison. And yeah. they've no one to, to thank or blame only themselves. Yeah, you put yourself there by your own actions. How, how, yes. How, yeah, there are those who are also opposed to them being educated in the prison uh, and <coughs> the ta- spending of taxpayers' money on that. But maybe that will get them an opportunity to put... Like, should prison not also be an opportunity, party to get your life straight, to fix what's broken in your life, if the opportunity is there to do that? Yes, I would agree with that. I I would agree with reform and rehabilitation without doubt. And but but again, in that situation, it's it's like an addiction. You have to have to be willing to cooperate and engage with the system, and and come out and prove the system to be to be the right thing to do. Then, but in a lot of cases, they they come out, they repeat, they they they, they re- offend repeatedly. And yeah. it, it doesn't work. And it, and they use the system then as the excuse as they're doing this, they're doing that. They give the sub story that we're working on this, we're working on that. And the judge lets them walk free. And yeah. and that's and that's where we need to, to go back to. And I, I, I firmly believe that, like, and I'm not speaking on behalf of the Gardaí here, but I think the Gardaí do a great job. They do yeah. their best to, yeah. get, to get the criminals to court. And then the criminals are walking out the door. Body, I've seen it that myself. Must be so disheartening. I've seen it myself, and and I've spoken yeah. to those guards in my time in the courts, and and I saw, as I said, the little smirk as you go out the yeah. door. And it's it so disheartening for the guardy. It's it, and you know that, yeah. that they're trying to do a job that they can that they cannot fulfil oh, yeah. guards because of a system that's guards broken. Guards just looking at the floor, going, "Why did I bother my arse?" Do you yes, know, literally. I, I would think that that would be the case. Yes. And I've, I've spoken to them, but, you know, and some of them retired now. But at the time when I was doing the courts and you'd see these little scrolls and they're getting suspended sentences after someone made a good case for them. And the guard is just there at the back of the back of the court, just shaking his head going, for God's sake, you know? Yeah, that's it. And, 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 they're, and they're availing of free legal aid. I, I sent in a text about that there as well. I think yeah. another thing we need to, our free legal system needs to be reformed. Yeah, there's well. the it thing. Come, come back to the case, and I'm not, I don't want to single this fella out, but I have the story in front of me of the guy who was jailed for six months there for stealing a thousand euro worth of Lego. Now, he had 176 <coughs> previous convictions, um, and I, I am assuming, I don't know, but that he was on free legal aid. But after 176 previous convictions... Should he still be able to get free legal aid? 
I don't believe you should. I, I, I think there should be a three-strike rule. You, you get, you get the benefits of free legal aid on three attempts. Yeah, and that's it. And if, if you haven't learned by then, that's it. You're on your own. Right. You're certainly on your own, and or you pay for it yourself. You know. All right, Paddy, leave it there. Thank you, Councillor Paddy Deneen. There's an interesting, just another angle to the discussion: free legal aid, career criminals. Career criminals get free legal aid. Should they? Paddy reckons after three times in front of the court, three convictions, three sentences, whatever. Free legal aid? Well, that no by. You're on your own. Should we limit the amount of free legal aid? 0818969696. Answer me a question, says Kevin. What country has the best outcome in terms of prisoner reform? I'm guessing it's not us. Says, says Kevin, we're spending good money to provide a revolving door. What are the successful countries doing? Morning, PJ. A happy prisoner is a quiet prisoner who won't cause problems for the prison officers. Take something away from them and the prisoner will cause havoc. Fair point. Uh, John says with regard to people on trolleys, uh, the idea that there's, you know, a trolley's less comfortable, that's the fault of the government and the HSE. And on the cream cakes, I know this happened. I cannot tell you how I know, but I know it happened. Someone says I would check those cream cakes for hash. It's a notorious route for smuggling. Mm. 0818-969696. A lot of people agreeing with Michael as well, saying he spoke a lot of sense. Why should the rest of us have to suffer? Back to prison. There's loads of comments in, and I'll get to as many as I can of them. For the snowflakes out there saying we don't know the reason they're in prison, well, it's called committing crimes. True? True. Morning, PJ. A happy prisoner is a quiet prisoner. Okay. Uh, there's lots more. On the topic of prison service, I originally come from South Africa. I've been here many years now. I don't wish to run down South Africa, but our house was broken into four times in one year. Thankfully, there was nobody there. During one of the break-ins, they turned on every tap in the house. Just pure destruction turned all the furniture upside down. The thought of someone being in your home, going through your personal belongings is awful. If you wish to read this message out, please don't read out my name. Thank you. No problem with that. Now, Mick, you wanted to get in on this one. Good morning. Good morning. I, I, was, I was listening to your programme there. The, the, not the last, but, you know, but the time before, the, the man before that, yeah, he was saying that uh, he can't walk the street, he wouldn't walk the streets no more, and there's no old people who would be able to walk the streets. In this Cork. is Michael. And uh, he was saying that um, Michal Martin would want to do something. Michal Martin can't do nothing unless the, the civil servants agree with it. They mm. run the country. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, they're only figureheads. You've got a, you got a great councillor coming up and he gets a, a ticket and he goes into the, the die with you. But he's put his face before he goes in there. You can't do this and you can't do that and you can't do this by the party that he's working for. You're not, you're not you're not wrong, Mick. You know, a lot of yeah. fellas who were very vocal in their yeah. council chamber days yeah. have yeah. gone yeah. on to become yeah. TDs and they've gone yeah. surprisingly quiet when they go in because, there. Yeah. Because the, 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 what you call it, the, the people that run the country is them, what, what did they say the word it was again? The civil servants. Yeah. Civil servants. The civil servants run the country. You can just take imagine, you know, like, you're, I remember when I was a young fellow, right? And we were playing ball, and we'd see a guard about 100 yards away, maybe more. We'd have to pick up the ball and run away. You understand me? That was only playing ball then, like. 
know what I mean? They can do what they like, do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you... They can do what they like. Yeah. You know? But like I said, there's a serving service from the country, and Michal Masters, they're, they're on y'all, figureheads now. Do you understand me? I do. Like, do you remember that program there that was on the television, the English, I think it was on BBC? Yes, Minister. I do, of course, yeah. Brilliant show. The exact, the exact same as that now. <laughs> Home free. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, yeah. But Mick, come back to the topic at hand. Come back to what we're talking about and prison. Like, do you care that maybe 10 or 12 people last night were sleeping on mattresses on the floor of their cells? Do you care? Not a bit in the world. Not a bit in the world. That's why they were like kid gloves, man. Kid gloves. You know what I mean? Why, why wouldn't they go back into prison? Why wouldn't they go back into prison? Mm. You know what I mean? Sometimes prison is better than home. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you know what I mean? Would you, you know? accept, though, that, look, losing your liberty? I mean, you and I with the freedom to go out as we want and come and go as we please. When you go into prison... In the law. Yeah. You understand me? I if do. You don't, if you don't break the law, you can do what you like. You know what I mean? But if you don't break the law, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I know, I know when I have all the angels and I know that, like, you know, but you know where I come from, like. Okay. Yeah. I do, I do. So you, you don't, you don't, you're not at all concerned about anybody who... And, uh, definitely not. Definitely not. De I tell you this for sure, there's too many do-gooders in the country at the moment. All right. Mike, or Mike, rather, thank you very much. Uh, tomorrow we'll be talking to Mike. Mike is an ex-prisoner who has turned his life around now after a spell in prison. And that does happen. And I've met people, spoken to people, read the research. Sometimes in prison, people find an opportunity. Sometimes in prison, people do something. It starts to just pass the time. And before you know it, they've actually got a career on the outside when they get out. So I look forward to talking to Mike tomorrow, who former prisoner. Kevin has sent in a voice note. You can do that anytime you want, of course. 083-396-9696. Here's Kevin's voice note on the state of play in our prisons. The system is all an entire joke and all those people are cash cows, the tax-paying cash cows. Every time you see three and four hundred previous convictions in and out of court, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them all over Ireland, thousands of them all over Ireland. And every single one of them, the taxpayer is paying for three and four hundred previous convictions. That's three and four hundred times they've been in and out of court and the taxpayers had to pay for their free legal aid every single time. And there's people being locked up for stupid reasons like smoking, flicking cannabis, you know what I mean? A, a, a harmless a harmless smoke and, and they're locked in up for it. Whereas these people are being flicking told they're in and out of court three or four hundred times for all sorts of things, robbery and fucking violence and all sorts, no bother for them, you know, three and four hundred times. We'll get them again next week. We'll get them again next week. Cash cows milking it. Thank you, Kevin. That Kevin makes that point again about free legal aid. Um, the free legal aid system, whether you have, whether it's your first offence or your hundred and first offence or your hundred and first conviction, you can get free legal aid. Should you be able to? Now, constitutionally, you're entitled to the best defence that you can get. And if you can't afford it, then it's the duty of the state to provide you with it. That is true. That is your right. But, you know, 0818 96 96 96.
Here's something completely left of field that came in this morning. And I have to say, do you know when someone sends me in a comment here that is not on the agenda, not on the plan for the day, but it certainly makes me think. So Tim says, I bought something on my debit card and the debit was taken immediately. I returned something using the same card and I was told, that's fine now, that's no problem. The money will be in your account in three working days. Now that's going on. Now what's going on there? Yeah, Frank, you're, sorry, Tim, you're right. You're right. If you go in to town today, walk down Patrick Street, buy a pair of shoes and pay for it with your card, the money goes out of your bank almost instantly. Money's gone off your account. You'll see it in your bank account in a couple of minutes. Gone. 100 quid for shoes. If you go home and the shoes aren't up to scratch, shall we say, you go back in, you show them to the assistant. Oh, God, I'm so sorry about that. Give me your card. Bang, bang, bang. Your money your money will be back in your account in three days. That's true. That's true, Tim. This is a pain in the ass. Thanks for that. 0818 96 96 96. It's probably down to do with banking not being as easy from their side. I don't know. But thank you, Tim. Thank you. We were also talking earlier in the week about excellent customer service. Is there a place in Cork that did a super job for you that went over and above the call of duty just to make something better for you? To make it, you know, to make your day just because they could. Paul sent this in. I must say... The discount uh, chemist in Valencolic was fantastic. My wife's ovarian cancer and I've got skin cancer. And to get help, we're going on to Tenerife next week and she gave us all the help that we needed. It was fantastic. She went over and above. It was fantastic. That's lovely to hear that, Paul. Thank you. I've not been to that chemist yet, but I'm told it's a great spot. Great place altogether. 0818 96 96 96. Jamie, I'm going to read this out because it's sitting there. I didn't see the match you're talking about, so I don't know. But in the context of this VAR stuff that's going on between Spurs and Liverpool, and I mentioned it yesterday, they need to get rugby people to sit down and teach them how to use VAR. Because at least in rugby, we tend to get it right. Although, I'd be interested in your opinion on the new TMO rules, says Jamie. It was all far out until I saw something in the game between South Africa and Tonga. I didn't see the match. I did hear there was controversy over the incident, but I'd be wrong to comment on the incident because I didn't actually see it. But thanks for that, Jamie. But I will say this, the, the, the TMO that sorts out these questions in rugby, they seem to get it right an awful lot more than the VAR people get it right. In the world of soccer, 0818 96 96 96. If... Question on free legal aid. I don't know the answer to this. I'm sure there was an answer at the time. If I went to look back, I'd probably find it. If free legal aid is means tested, how did Paul Murphy get it for the Jobstown case? I know he did, and I can't remember how. Thank you for that. Jerry says, look at how much the government paid out in slopping out compensation. That was because of Europe backing up what that last man, Nick, said. Also, it was 2.3 million in payments to prisoners. How come the government was able to find that money, but there's never any money to help the victims? See what's going on. All the NGOs, and it's all Europe. 
just like that man said. I do remember the the slopping out case, the slopping out compensation. I have to say this. I, I don't, whatever about people sleeping on a mattress on the floor. That might be defensible in some way. But no, slopping out, no. Not in 2023. No one should have to slop out. In the early 80s, there was a well-known Cork character. Every December, he'd commit a crime. He wouldn't hurt anybody. He'd just commit a crime. He'd break a window maybe in Roche's doors just so he'd get three months in jail. And he'd be in there nice and warm and well-fed for the winter. Cork's 96 FM. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.